This is the Stocks and Bars Cliff Notes episode. Now, in the last episode, we talked about hip-hop. We talked about our top five producers. Now, me and Steph, we talked about our list that we put together and we compared them. We put together our top five. So make sure that you check that full episode out. Tag the show Stocks and Bars if you agree with our list or even if you disagree. Let us know who you think should be on that list or who was in your top five. In this episode, you know how we get down with the cliff notes. We make sure that we recap what we talked about and we also kind of add on to there. So in this one, we're going to talk about three up-and-coming producers and then we're going to also talk about hip-hop and capitalism. All right, how those two always have gotten together. So first off, three producers that I think are up-and-coming. So the first one I got on my list right now He's done a lot of work with New York artists and artists across the board, period. He's been out here for a minute. This guy is Harry Fraud, right? So if you haven't heard the sounds of Harry Fraud, make sure you change that because this guy has got sound, right? He's pretty good at putting that, that, that beat together, right? So Harry Fraud, make sure you check him out. Number two, Derringer, right? So if you're not familiar with Derringer or if you are, you know he's primarily down with Zelda, he's been an in-house producer and he's made classic music if you ask me. Make sure you check him out if you haven't yet. If you're not familiar with Zelda, make sure you do that too, all right? And the last guy on my list is Hitboy. Hitboy has made albums with Nas. He's made albums with Benny the Butcher. His sound that he is putting together is just, how do you describe it, all right? So when I break down his sound, it's something that is very familiar to you. And it's a mixture of what I believe is new and old. As weird as that sounds, that's how I listen to the sound that he creates. It's something that you you heard before, but not the same thing. If you haven't heard it, <laughs> you put your own spin on it, all right? So those are the three guys that I think are up and coming. Make sure you tag the show Stocks and Bars and let me know what you think about that. So on the next portion of this, all right, we're going to talk about hip-hop, and we're gonna talk about capitalism, how those two have always lived together. So let's check this out here. So when it comes to hip hop and the influence, hip hop is the biggest marketing that you can ever get. Nothing's bigger than hip hop when it comes to marketing. Hip hop and marketing started way back in the 80s. First deal that's been done that I can recall is when Run DMC did my, uh, Adidas. The guys at Adidas had no idea what was going on as to why their sales were even increasing. They had to make a trip to the USA, because they're out in Germany, to figure out what was going on. They came over to the US and then they discovered that Run DMC made a song that made them so popular, which contributed to their sales increasing. It was at that point that they made the decision to pay Run DMC. So Run DMC didn't make that song to get paid. Run DMC got paid by accident. <laughs> That's how powerful the hip hop culture is. Because of that, their sales went up. Shelto, Adidas, all of that. Stuff that we know as cultural phenomenons is based upon them just writing a song and getting popular and helping that brand. There are countless brands out there that can attribute their success and growth 
to hip hop. There's a few that I can think of off the top of my head. I right, got Sprite, if you remember in the, in the early 90s, Sprite had a campaign with hip hop, Coca-Cola, you can think of that. McDonald's came to the culture countless times. There's a lot of brands out there that have sparked their growth or even their existence off of hip hop. There's countless alcohol brands out there that you can think of that have done the same thing. So the one thing I want to talk about is the McDonald's deal. If you haven't caught the news recently, Pusha T has come out recently and said how he did not get paid enough <laughs> for that McDonald's jingle. So if you're unfamiliar with this, you can Google it. It's well known. Pusha T was a part of writing that jingle. Pusha T, Justin Timberlake, and you got Skateboard P, Pharrell. These guys went together and they put in and they, they made this jingle. So Push is now saying, yo, I ain't get paid enough for that. So for the record, he got a million dollars off of it. That sounds like a lot of money, but we talking about business, all right? So we're gonna do this live right here, business. Let's break this down, all right? So as far as sales are concerned for McDonald's, what do you think they made? This was in the late 90s that McDonald's paid $1 million to push and see, all right? Do you think that they looked at it as an investment or not? McDonald's knew that that million dollars was gonna come back. And they knew that pretty much when that ain't dry, that they probably made their million back <laughs> before Push even left the office from signing it. So check it. Sales in 2020, all right? This is just 2020 numbers. McDonald's had 19.21 billion dollars in sales, all right? Straight up sales, 19.21 billion dollars in sales, all right? So Push got a million. He's saying he didn't get paid enough. Is he right or is he wrong? So let's do the simple math on this, all right? Got 19.21 billion, which is 19 billion, 210 million. There's 365 days in a year. So we take that and divide that by 365, we get 52,630,000. So that is what McDonald's is making each day in sales when you do it that way, all right? Then we're gonna take that day and we're gonna divide that by 24, because it's 24 hours in the day. Each hour, they're getting over $2 million an hour. Rough math means that every 30 minutes, <laughs> Ain't making a million dollars. About every half hour, based on that number, McDonald's is making a million dollars. So Push basically got 30 minutes of their time. Was he right or was he wrong? Now, some of you say, yeah, he's right. Some of you say, yeah, he's wrong. My personal opinion, he's wrong. And I'm gonna say he's wrong only because you are what you negotiate. It's a painful lesson. You gotta know what you're getting into. No matter what arena, do your research. That's on you. So Push is mad at himself because he didn't do the research or have at least a team around him to help him understand that he wasn't getting a great deal. <laughs> he could have got more out of that deal. He could have got equity or he could have got more out of it, period. Some of you say he's right because of the numbers I just broke down to you. But that's not McDonald's job to get push paid. 
This is what we got to understand. When it comes to our success, you got to take the responsibility of it. Do your research, go into any arena, confident, knowing that you're going to get the best deal. And if it comes out later that you didn't get the best deal, go into it understanding that you're going to get the best deal based on the best knowledge. And at that point in time, Push probably had no idea about doing deals like this. And he probably learned. And right now, I guarantee you, any deal he may do now, <laughs> he knows that, that he's going to put that work in so he gets the best deal for himself and his family and whatever his future holds. So, McDonald's, yeah, I ain't doing nothing wrong. Push T, he's definitely stepped his game up. So that's hip hop as far as McDonald's is concerned. So let's go ahead, we're gonna talk about a few more instances here. First alcohol company that we can think of off the top of my head from when I was younger that had heavy influence with hip hop. Now this company had no skin in the game whatsoever. Reached out to hip hop, they got the Wu-Tang Clan, they got people like Ice Cube, DJ Quick, they got them involved. And this is St. Eyes. The story of St. Eyes is they had nothing. <laughs> they just started. And they reached out to hip hop in order to help them grow. And what they did smart was they gave these guys ultimate creative control over how they were going to make that message come out. And it turned out beautiful because it was completely authentic. When I mean, you listen to the Wu-Tang, you listen to Ice Cube, how they did their rhymes to everything. They brought the brand up and they made it seem popular and cool in order to have this beverage with them. So the sales group, no brainer. And this is why hip hop is such a big influence when it comes to any type of marketing. It's very simple for somebody to make it cool in order to do something. And with that being said, how many brands of liquor do you think have grown just because of hip hop? Think about it. And once you come with that number or you think of the brand, make sure you tag the show Stocks and Bars on Twitter or Instagram, wherever. Tag the show, let us know what you think. I want to talk something into existence here. Now, I love my podcast for the fact that I am marrying hip hop and I'm marrying finance, putting them together and making something that has not been done before. Now I want to talk something into existence. I want to have Ice Cube on my show. Now Ice Cube is influential to me because he's the first guy that I saw that recognized the art of the deal. Ice Cube was the guy who left NWA because he realized that he wasn't getting compensated correctly. He saw that the group itself was growing the compensation was not. And he realized that Jerry Heller was the guy that was benefiting the most off the growth of the group. And when it came time to renegotiate that, it didn't work out that way. And he had to step away from it. And you know what? That's the sad part about negotiation is sometimes you've got to put things down that you don't really want to do. I'm pretty sure Q would have loved to stay in NWA, but it didn't work out that way. Now fast forward to where he is now, he has built himself to be a mogul. He has built an empire in film, TV, and now recently he has been 
doing the three ball league. And that's something that I aspire to learn as far as the art of the deal. I like to say I know the art of the deal and I've done pretty well doing negotiations, but I haven't got to that level yet. And I would love to be able to big myself up to that level that I've seen that man grow to. So we're gonna talk that into existence. And if anybody knows how to make that happen, make sure you shoot that my way. You know, when it comes to rap, man, we've talked about being destructive to ourselves for forever. And it's time to change that. It's definitely time to change that. And that's why whatever I write, whatever I say, is going to be in benefit of the culture. I want to make sure that anything that I put together is going to be something that is going to be beneficial to the culture. I also look forward to be beneficial to my daughters. I want them to be able to listen to anything I say. I want them to be able to say, yo, my dad played this and they can be able to play it for their friends, have their friends play it for their family. That's how I'm looking at this. This is not just me talking. This is me talking to the whole entire generation. It's time to change. I'm definitely going to be a part of that change. So with all that being said, you know what time it is. It's time for the bars. Ah. Uh. It's hip hop, the world's greatest marketing influence. If our culture embraces, then everybody's saluting. Rhymes of revenue, times inevitable. For the culture to make better moves and get that trend moving. Break the mentality, we've been glued in. Stocks and bars know they'll do and say what we put in music. When my pen moving, it's script bars about improving. Only person in the way is you, put an end to it. Stay out your own way. That's facts of life. Stocks and bars. Let's go. Stop. 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 St